0: Greetings, everyone, and welcome to Rolling with Disadvantage, the D&D podcast where we won't be playing D&D. As always, I am your host, Tyler. And I'm your after-hours co-host, Teal. (laughs) RWD is our podcast where we argue, debate, and scream into that void about various aspects of D&D 5th edition. Feel free to join the conversation by tweeting us at RWD Podcast or following us at RWD underscore podcast on Instagram, where Till will respond to your messages.
1: I know how now. <laughs> Brown
0: cow. Drinking and baubles. Um Hi, welcome to the season finale, everybody. Dude. Season three. We did it, episode one hundred and five.
1: In a long and winding road, as the Beatles Jesus would say. Christ.
0: Yeah, well that rough that maths out to thirty-five episodes on average per season. That's a lot. A That's lot. more than a television season a, back in the a day. A lot. Yeah, you're welcome, everybody. That you means we only took seventeen weeks off per year. What market? There's like six people who listen to this
1: show. Yeah, they're like got to hear a lot of it. So
0: yeah, I mean, there was somebody who I forget. Sorry, you tweeted me that they, they they listened to the whole thing. They like caught up, you know, in a couple of weeks, mm-hmm. and they like, they ran out. Yeah, I was like, well, you're a new listener, you know. Wow, look at you. Uh, I did see. And you, I don't know if you care about this. I'm pretty sure you don't. A new D and D game, Dark Alliance, yeah, just came yeah, out, I saw that. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really do want to play it. You know, but I hate playing full price for video games. I really hate it. Don't
1: want to play it unless I can get a group of people to play with. I don't want to play it by myself. I want a group okay, of four it, people. Because it is like a roll through, yeah, like God of Legends back in the day.
0: It also, you know, in recent memory, um, I think Black Isle Studios did re-release. Dark Alliance Two, the old, you know, Mm -hmm. top-down RPG on the Switch and shit. So there's lots of D and D video game content happening to play. Yes, I'm just waiting for things to go on sale because I'm a cheap
1: motherfucker. Baldur's Gate Three has gotten pushed to next year, so we'll see. Oh no, shit! Eventually,
0: (laughs) eventually. It was early access. You said you didn't you play it early access? Yes. Okay.
1: I've played it a couple times. Uh, Whenever they add something big, like when they added the druid class, I played it again. And yeah, you know, but getting to the same four levels over and over.
0: I really don't feel like you should have to pay for early access. That's called alpha slash beta. That's what testers are for. Well, that's what fucking testers are for. I don't mind. Yeah, the you know, well, video, I mean, I feel like we all learned lessons about video games over the last year and a half, right? Vis-a-vis cyberpunk, you know, everybody overhyped, pre-order, disappointed, you liked it, but Love you had it. a good rig, yeah. you know, they didn't, you know, uh, what's the studio, mm, the studio Project is... Project Red. Project, CD Project Red, you know, they didn't tell anybody that everything you're looking at is playing the game on current gen, yeah. right? Not yeah. old gen, so... There was a lot of disappointment over last year in video games, but we might be turning a corner. Maybe we all learned a lesson. Probably not. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. So let's just stick to playing Dungeons and Dragons instead.
1: Exactly. That game will never crash.
0: Interesting. Except if you're playing online, of course.
1: Or if you have a character that does something stupid.
0: Or if you have a character that is a robot or, and crashes. There it is. Or your DM is a robot Ooh, in real life I would and you like didn't know it. an AI player. That'd be fun that just
1: learns as we go
0: i wonder if we could develop that
1: i think it already exists
0: it's probably not good though no probably not Hmm. i wonder if that's in the works mark zuckerberg i know you're listening get on that well shit. i mean
1: he is a robot so
0: <laughs> do you see the picture of his his wax his wax statue of madam No, i do not it looks more like a real human than he does Ah, that makes sense <laughs> it just really does <laughs> Uh, all right, so we're going to just wrap up the season, you know, reflections, etc. but starting with a question that was posed to us by our, I'm going to say, biggest fan um, at Onslaught6, right? The OG. The, the, yeah, our OG biggest fan. He posed to us, before the end, now that you've reviewed all or most of the 5th edition hardcovers, can we get a ranked list from both of you? I'm assuming he meant the adventures and not just books. Yes. I, I quickly arranged them, but I have to tell you, Going, I looked at the list. I don't remember <laughs> any of it.
1: I have, I have a very top half and like a bottom half. Like yes, the order in those aren't as important, but yes. it is important to note there is definitely a bottom half.
0: There's well, there's also a top and a bottom. So, like, there's a number one and there's a number eleven. Okay, I think we did. I think we did eleven. Okay, I believe that sounds about right. Right. So, just to jump into it. You want to go from the bottom up? Let's go from the bottom up. Uh, yeah, That go makes ahead, sense, go ahead, right? Go ahead. Number 11 at the bottom, and this is a this is a close, close ranking here, is Ghost of Saltmarsh.
1: Yeah, and if if the Dungeon of the Mad Mage is not like right next to that, I'd be Dungeons surprised. Dungeon of the Mad Mage is number 10, yeah, right? Yeah.
0: Those aren't really adventures, and Ghost of the Saltmarsh honestly shouldn't be on here. Dungeon of the Mad Mage is the bottom. Very
1: interchangeable there. Very because
0: interchangeable. Because it, again it's a resource book it's mm-hmm. not an adventure yeah completely right? agree it's it's how ha- it's this is how to make a dungeon this is you know literally pick a pick a part mm-hmm. of dungeon shit there's so much cool stuff in there but that is not an adventure yep. um number nine for me you probably we're just we're gonna immediately differentiate okay, i think go here. get them. uh dragon heist oh no i
1: have much that much higher much higher. Oh, no.
0: I, I I liked Dragon Heist, but I, I felt like there was so much of it that you didn't interact with.
1: Yeah. My my well, that's that's fair. That's completely utterly really fair. Um no, my next one. Uh I, I was kind of torn. Uh I've got uh two kind of low here. I've got Storm King's Thunder and Prince of the Apocalypse kind of okay. right next to each other here.
0: They're ne- they're next to each other, but they're higher up on mine. Um and then right beyond those for me is out of the abyss. Really? Yes. Okay, interesting. That's much higher for me. Why is Out of the Abyss low for you? I just hate all the Underdark bullshit.
1: I, ha- I- It okay. seems so utterly improbable that somebody lives through it. Like, with all the <laughs> times you run into yeah. demon princes, you're going to die. But even more than that, probably the thing that killed it for me is right in the midpoint, right as you get Out of the Underdark, no matter fucking what you do or how you played the game, the drow catch up to you. I hate that. I okay. hate it so much.
0: You hate the mocking X type situation? Yes, hate it. Hate it, hate it, hate it. All right, that's a higher for you. But number it's, still, eight it's, still, for me, it's still high-ish. Or number number nine for me is Horde of the Dragon Queen. Where is that for you? Oh, that was actually next
1: after Out of the Abyss, followed okay, so by that's, Rise that's, of Tiamat.
0: So that's a little low for you still. Yeah. Horde, not Horde not of that Dragon
1: low. Queen. We're getting high. I mean, that's, that's mid-tier.
0: Okay. Mid-tier for me, Tomb of Annihilation and Prince of the Apocalypse are right in the middle for me.
1: Tomb of Annihilation is numero 30. Really? Yes.
0: I, I just, I, as much as Tomb of Annihilation had a lot of good stuff, I I don't think the dungeon crawling is something that I would want to engage with. And this is more of a personal ranking, you know, uh, mm-hmm. not like a quality of the writing, quality of the uh, mechanics, whatever. Yes. Having played a little bit of Tomb of Annihilation, the amount of traps along the river in little things yeah. are the worst.
1: I-, I liked it because it has really, really, really
0: fun NPCs. That's true there are some really great characters in there and it is pretty unique yeah i put storm king's thunder at a solid six right in the middle Mm -hmm. of the pack you know i thought that was good out of the abyss was actually five for me and that's because i just think that the depth and breadth of the contents of the detail of that adventure really lets you play the fucking game you know totally fair as long as you are in the Underdark, right? You're going up to the is out of the equation. But as long as you're in the Underdark, there is so much to engage with, so much detail to engage with. I really think that that is a quality, quality adventure. So much time in the Underdark. So I think then we're pretty close. Oh, I'm sorry. Storm King's Thunder would have been five, not six. Um, and Out of the Abyss would have been four. Mm-hmm. Uh, so number three, Rise of Tiamat. Okay. Yep. What do you have for three? Yep. Uh, I
1: gave you number three, Tomb of Annihilation. So oh, yeah, Horde of Dragon Queen, Rise of Tiamat were Bam Bam 5-4.
0: Okay. Yeah. Rise of Tiamat. I mean it's great. It was it's it's, it's it's a great like holy shit there's dragons. It's got good tiers of adventure. Yes. involved in it, right? Um and a great end game. I enjoyed the
1: cultist striking back feature.
0: That is that is part of, that's part of the experience, right? They really make you feel like you've earned an enemy.
1: Yes. Yes, mm. exactly. Um and th- they do that in a lot of the adventures like the cult striking back idea, but I don't know, just, it felt fun in this. So that means we're very similar at the top here. Number one, number two are not, not, not hard, but the question is which Num- was number one, and which is number two. <laughs> number two is curse of Strahd. Descendant Avernus. I put Strahd number one.
0: Really? I put Descendant Avernus yeah. as number one. Yeah. Okay. I mean, Strahd well, is the best bad guy. Yes. I, that's there is true. no
1: better villain in any of these adventures than
0: Strahd. I think Zerial is a pretty good enemy Mm -hmm. but you don't interact with her a lot no
1: it's either you do exactly what she wants or you don't and you either make friend or you die
0: so curse of strahd you know is number two for me uh not because of like any playability or whatever but just because as a player it it probably gets you know it's it's mostly downtrodden sad crazy people you're dealing with yes right i know it's wonderful. It's like the real world, <laughs> so it it doesn't feel like lively, exciting D anD D shit. Oh yeah, no. Whereas the devils and Desc- demons of the nine hells are much more friendly and upbeat. I got. I you. didn't say friendly. Descend to Avernus <laughs> is colorful. The combat is colorful. <sighs> the encounters are co- like they're off the wall, nuts to fucking insanity. You know, I think Descend to Avernus is really the high water mark of of contempt of contemporary D&D especially but maybe D&D in general. I think you hit
1: it right there. I think that you can definitely see the difference in age between Curse of Strahd and Descent into Avernus.
0: Yeah, I think if you rewrote if you hadn't written Curse of Strahd uh what was yeah uh, 2015 or whatever. Curse of Strahd 2016, 2016 5 yeah. years ago and you wrote it again now having learned what we've learned in in the last 7 years of 5th edition, you probably would make Probably the best yeah. adventure. Yeah. Right. If you if you took another stab at it now. So so we you know, we're in agreement descend to Adventist, Curse of Shroud at the top, ghost to Saltmarsh, Marsh, Dungeon Magic Mage at the bottom, but we're kind of all mixed up in the middle. Yeah. But but yeah, you know, which I makes think sense because a lot of those adventures are middling. Yes. Yes.
1: They're just very, in my opinion, generic.
0: That's a good word for it. Um You are the good do... guys,
1: you fight the bad guys. That's all there is to it. Storm I
0: think... Kings Thunder has fantastic. Fantastic detail about the, the ordning, yes, right?
1: Yes, great history um, lessons.
0: Prince of the Apocalypse has the, like super cool elemental bad guys. Um, Dragon Heist has the coolest background information for the motivations of the bad guys, I put, but you never encounter yes, them. <laughs> I put Dragon
1: Heist higher up because I think that it's uh, honestly probably the perfect introductory adventure to D&D.
0: Yeah, it is. It's cool, but goddamn, if there's seventy five percent of that book that you don't use, never ever look at. Yeah, so I think we didn't go over. Obviously, there's a couple adventures we literally just so many
1: shots um, that (laughs) we didn't bother with. um, And Lost Minds of Fendelver we talked about before. uh, Icewind Dale we talked about before. Fiction or whatever. Stranger Things we didn't talk about. Um, And yeah, like I said, we didn't talk about the uh, uh, anthology ones like Candlekeep Mysteries and Tales from the Awning Portal. Um, yeah, there's tons of other one-shots. Maybe we'll talk about them briefly at some point. I don't know.
0: So, uh, I do think that Tales from the Awning Portal is like Dungeons of the Mad Mage in that there's a lot of things in there that you want to use. Oh, yeah. I mean, it is
1: the most famous adventures that didn't make it into an actual adventure this time around.
0: Right. Tomb of Horror, um, Cloud Keep. White What's that? Mountain. White Cloud Mountain, White Blue Mountain. There's... Um, Sunless Citadel right there's a lot of Dead and Fae yeah. there's like a lot of really important adventures in there Tomb of Horrors is arguably the most infamous mm-hmm. Dungeons and Dragon adventure ever made death
1: have six characters ready to go cause they're gonna it's die a, one by it's one it's a baby. meat
0: grinder it's a fucking meat grinder right and that's the point um, so if you want a, a a book that gives you things to use that might be a book. Ideas, you yeah it's great great for ideas yeah, so all right, you know, more important than written adventures, right, are homebrew adventures. So some say. And we did get a question. I picked- you know, I picked a couple good questions we'd gotten um from at SJC Austinite who says uh Y'all say that great DMS homebrew everything. Do you agree with that still? And does that mean people who aren't good at creating stories or characters can't be great DMS? Now I did respond to that directly on Twitter with a pretty nuanced response, but I thought maybe we should address it here on the show. Fair, fair. Uh, my response was more or less. It's not about the fact that you're homebrewing or creating. It's that the homebrewing reflects a commitment to your creation. Yes. That was more or less what I said. Yes. Uh,
1: all of the pre-made adventures can be run well and fun. And like we've talked about, we want to play to my We want to play curse of stride. We want to play to send So we wanted to play Absolutely. these things before we obviously learned everything about them, but even I've still, already forgotten it all. We, we might want to it. Play. play it, but more than that, completely on board with what you're saying, when you make it, when you make it and it's all your own, not only do you have that inside outside knowledge so that, no matter what happens, you know the answer. But it shows that you and your players are all dedicated to it. Just in the same way that if I'm a PC and somebody hands me a character and says, play this, I'm not going to enjoy it as much.
0: That's a, actually a really great analogy that I think is the appropriate answer for the question. If I gave you, you know, one of the characters that comes in the starter set, right? There's like four characters that come in the DD starter yeah. box. Yeah. You're like, yeah, I can play this. And it, maybe it's a good character, but it's not my character yeah so if i am a dm i am i maybe i'm a great dm right i get handed i don't know out of the abyss i'm gonna i can run a great game everything i need is there you know but it's not my adventure right so as the dm maybe i don't care quite as much about what happens and Um, because i did i didn't have to name Every character I didn't have to name every PC I didn't have to name every fucking hill that the players want to go explore
1: yeah um I, I completely agree uh, I don't think the quality of the DM is reflected in whether you do a homebrew or a pre-made it's more so just the interest
0: in every by everyone involved I agree right your skill as a dungeon master is not reflected in the content you're running right because if you're a shitty dungeon master, and you make a homebrew? Guess what? You're still a shitty dungeon master.
1: And also, some creepy things will probably happen.
0: Absolutely, right? If I, y- you know, went back in time, mm-hmm. and asked twelve year old me—oh god—to DM, I homebrewed a lot of shit. That doesn't mean I was good at it.
1: Misery. Yeah, sure, I was. Yeah, you know, sure, everyone. we enjoyed
0: it. And I was good at the time, but now I'd go like, no, that was bad. You're bad. <laughs> <the game>. Stop, <laughs> stop, just stop. You know. So, like homebrewing, it doesn't make you great. Home doing just homebrewing just reflects a commitment to the craft, right? Mm-hmm. In the way that, like, uh, you know, to use a stupid analogy, like if I am a guy who brews my own beer at home, maybe I'm not brewing the best beer, but it shows that I really enjoy this. I right? I, I actually think I have a better analogy that reflects okay, directly
1: me. with you. I think it's the difference between creating painting something versus Mm -hmm. doing a paint by numbers kit like you you may make a beautiful thing by just painting by the numbers or you could make something that's not so good but it's yours which one do you care more about
0: perfect absolutely right absolutely paint by numbers if you do them right beautiful amazing painting of a lion stunning but it's not my work of art yeah all right well i hope that answers i think his name was eric uh
1: yes eric and we won't say last name just for yeah, Well, I mean,
0: his, his name's on his Twitter. You can go find him at Eric. You know, I hope that helps. You know, a good DM, home brewing, and being a good DM, and not silly related. They just reflect a you know yes. commitment to the, to the blah 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 blah. Okay, so we had an email that I had neglected. Is why we're going to talk about it from. Um, oh shit! Oh shit! We got another email from yesterday. I didn't even ah. <laughs> an email from Chris. Uh, Chris. Wanted to get our input on players ruining the game and how a DM responds. Mm-hmm. So to summarize, part of it, um, you know, how do you play if these players are being problematic, and how do you DM through these campaign-shattering actions? Right, bitchy DMs will set the city guard on you, uh, piling on you wave after wave of city watch until you're dead, mm-hmm. basically, yep. or an unprepared DM we'll use an accidental Armageddon as an excuse for a TPK. So, you have a recent experience with me being a shitty player. <laughs> of all
1: the I people, think... <laughs> you were the last one I expected it from.
0: I think that we can use as a great starting point for this. Uh, how, you know, how did you respond to my being a shitty player? So,
1: you being a noob rogue who said, I'm going to rob the magic item shop? Yes. Uh... I
0: knew the magic item proprietor was out of the shop. And went, and went to break in and steal an item that my my party was interested in.
1: So, first things first, when you tried to sneak in, I gave you an out. I said, the walls are closing, you know, the chimney you're sneaking down is closing around to you, you can either leave or you can continue on, because I don't want to deprive you of the chance of doing what you want to do. You chose to keep going. You made a save Patch. to avoid the fireplace, you'd made it no problem. Unfortunately, <laughs> there is absolutely a guard of some kind, in this case, an animated armor, waiting for you because no magic item shop should be left unattended. Uh, And so you guys engage in combat. Neither of you could hit the other. It was just whiffing left and right. (laughs) Uh, And you eventually got sick of this and said, I'm just going to start throwing magic item boxes at it and see what happens. Uh, I had you roll for that. One of the ones contained uh, several potions, one of which was a potion of invisibility and the other was a potion, an oil of etherealness. You hit him with both he being a armor with a one intelligence didn't understand what was happening, and as an ethereal creature, just swiped at you constantly, but was unable to do anything. Eventually, obviously, through the alarm spell, the shopkeeper was notified of your actions, came back. Uh, the room flooded with a fireball, which knocked you unconscious. Uh, and then you were <laughs> that you were allowed to heal, um, and the shopkeeper just said, okay, uh, to avoid calling the guard or anything, you guys have to give me the magic item that you just got from me back, and you're never allowed back in here again.
0: So your, so your summary oh, and you there... Oh, have a
1: very special bracelet on, but I'm not going to say what it does.
0: Uh, it triggers my PTSD. Uh, so your answer to players being assholes, maybe not game-shattering assholes, but assholes, is to give them every opportunity to back out of being assholes. Mm-hmm. But still present them with the inevitable wall. Like you know, to 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 Chris, right? To Chris's question. Yeah. Your play your players are being assholes, right? They're just nuts, going nuts, murder hobo and shit. You should show them like for, very quickly foreshadow that the walls are closing. They're coming for you, mm-hmm. right? Maybe not to say it that way, but present it somehow give them an opportunity to back off. But that is what's going to happen, right? The hammer's going to come down. The city guard and other adventurers, right? Mercenaries, whoever, that's, they're coming.
1: That's my favorite thing to do. I like to make another adventuring party that comes to find that their adventuring party.
0: Right, they're but- fucking coming. So you can heal people, surrender, repair shit, or they're coming. And I think that's in the Dungeon Master's Guide is, there's always more powerful adventures. Mm-hmm. Your part needs to know that, right? So yeah, it sucks. It sucks to have to like be stern in game with players, you know, arrest them, kill them, whatever. But I think that's probably the solution is show them. This is what's going to happen, right? However you show that to them, like you're, you're going to die. Here's your opportunity to back off. Here's another opportunity to back off. Here's your final opportunity to back off. You didn't do it. Here it comes. And that's when, you know, the your version of Elminster shows up with the city guard. Yeah. And fucks their day. Yeah.
1: I mean, you know, and and then a serious conversation has to be had with the party. Like, why? Why is this happening? You know, yeah. there's something that triggered it. Maybe they don't like what's happening in the story. Maybe um they feel like you as the DM have twisted things against them and this is their way of rebelling, whatever it may be, you
0: got to get to the bottom of it. I I see it a lot on Reddit of like people posting, like, how do I talk to my players about blah blah blah? And it's like you fucking go talk to them. Why are you here on the internet? You ask what questions
1: you spend four hours a week or every other week or whatever with these people on a regular basis, let's say. Let's just say, let's say every other week, four hours every other week. That's eight hours a month that you spend with these people. If you're not comfortable telling them that something upsets you, stop. Go yeah. find another group. There's groups. You know,
0: everywhere. we said it ages ago. It's a very common statement. No D and D is better than bad D and know that statement is weird, right? Yes. If you can't have the conversation with your party about them being assholes, then you shouldn't be playing D and D with those people. Totally agree. You should either be your friends first or find some new fucking players. So, like, talk talk to them. Why? Don't be dicks, guys. Yes. <laughs> um. Okay, well, I hope that helps, Chris. Thank you for your email. Mm-hmm. We actually did get an email yesterday, but it was somebody asking about our favorite dungeons. I feel like we already addressed that. Our favorite specific... I think the
1: best individual dungeons are found in Prince of the Apocalypse. I think the elemental dungeons are awesome.
0: Favorite dungeons, either published or homebrew ones that you've ran and played in.
1: You know, I don't really make a lot of big dungeons. That's not my yeah, thing. Same-sies. I don't. I don't like doing that. Um, I, I, I just honestly, I suck at maps, and I feel like me trying to draw a giant map with multiple levels for somebody to go through would be more frustrating
0: for me than for them. I would agree with you. Prince of the Apocalypse has just by virtue of having a large number of dungeons has some really great dungeons in there but again dungeon of the mad mage i mean has, is the dungeon it has so many good pieces that you could pick any one of them and be the best fucking there's a dungeon in space asteroid in dungeon orbiting of the mad Earth,
1: Mage, exactly
0: so I would say Dungeon the Mad Mage probably has the best um, overall pick. So that's a really quick aside from the email we just got. But you had one more topic that we had gotten that we wanted to address um, in our final episode of this season.
1: Yeah, so um, our, our good friend, I had apologized to him before, uh, and I will apologize again for not responding for eons upon eons. Uh, but John Cunningham, 216. 241. 241. John Cunningham, 241. I don't know why I fucked that up. Uh, he asked us... Uh, long ago, uh, if we were ever going to uh, do a podcast on the planes, uh, specifically the mechanics of the planes, and you and I both agree, we feel like we've briefly touched on this at some point, but cannot find the specific episode we did it in.
0: Yeah, I really do feel like we've had this conversation. I feel like we, I really, really I do. feel like we touched on it, but didn't dive into it very much. Like, I know there's an episode about the multiverse in here somewhere
1: I know at some point we talked about mechanus I know we talked about mechanus that one is the one that sticks out in my mind
0: yes um, we definitely did but but there's uh, you know in fifth edition there's not a lot of source book material on the plane yes they have not made a planar handbook or anything like that yet. So if we had a conversation about it, it would be based on third edition material.
1: uh, So it would be based off of whatever is published. You know, there's some Feywild stuff. There's some Shadowfell stuff. You know, there's some loose tie and stuff. But there isn't like, this is the way things are. It's more like, on the fire elemental plane, you will burn. In the actual sea, you have to think to move. Like, just little things like that. Not really, like specifics of who lives there. What are they doing? What's the purpose of this plane? What does it represent? What can you find while you're there? All these, fun- what deities live on yeah. the plane? So, you know? um, I would say that should the planar handbook ever come out, I would love to do a deep dive into the planes. Cause there's absolutely so much fun stuff out there.
0: No, I mean, I, I think about this almost every time I start a new adventure, you know, should I start this adventure on, um, uh, What's the fucking Valhalla-type plane? Uh, What's wrong with me? Elysium? No. Um, Isgard. Yes. I don't know why I'm stupid. Because there's a mechanic for the petitioners of Isgard that when they die, they are brought back to life the next morning. Yeah. Right? Again. That's a fantastic setting for a really tough campaign. Mm-hmm fantastic setting for like a dark souls theme campaign or just any meat grinder type campaign you run into battle you run into the dungeon they fucking kill you you try again tomorrow yep right so there's so many planes have great things like that mm-hmm. maybe not that one obviously exactly but so many cool quirks and stuff
1: what isn't it uh and mechanist you can't roll anything other than a 10
0: there's parts there's yeah that's like a mechanic and parts of it yeah <laughs> or like i think the city of dis which is i don't remember what plane it's on like you can't do certain magics like there's crazy magical rules the and laws City of this is the second level no, of the no, no, nine hells no. i'm not thinking of it uh what's the giant spire in the center of the city not dis uh
1: the city of brass nope uh, it's like um, that's on the fire plane that's not right
0: what's wrong with me the world tree from sword art online the World Tree is from fucking uh, Nordic mythology. It's, yeah, World Seed, I should say. I'm sorry. Uh, sigil. Sigil is what I'm thinking. Ah, about. very good. Yes, which I feel like we talked about Sigil. Maybe. Example. Um. So I absolutely do. But again, I just think we're missing that kind of core rulebook. Because in the DM's guide, there's a little bit. There's a little bit. But if you're a DM, even if you're playing 5th edition, I would 10 out of 10 recommend go find a manual of the planes mm-hmm. from third edition and just use all that information. Great, great fun details. All of it. All, all of that information. Everything from fucking landmarks to the petitioners to the bad guys and good, good guys, the sky, the earth, the gravity, how the magic works, right? All that shit's there.
1: I always love the idea of tricking a powerful vampire or a or something
0: into the positive energy plane. I mean, tricking any creature that isn't a positive energy creature into the positive energy plane is death. Yeah, but it's
1: much more fun if it's undead, because that's just the ultimate fuck you.
0: Because, like, you know, I think we've talked about that before. The energy planes, the elemental planes, are generally death if you're not prepared to go into them.
1: The fire plane is
0: fire. It's fire. The earth is made out of fire. The sky is made out of fire.
1: Hey, that water? Fire. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> the water plane—it's all water.
1: It is a globe of water.
0: There's no, uh, there's no surface. Earth plane. There might be tunnels, but guess what? It's
1: Earth. Yes. Now on the airplane, there are floating islands, so you could the airplane is the only one. if you there. are
0: not falling perpetually forever. <laughs> that like one's when uh, survivable.
1: when uh, Loki tries to attack Doctor Strange and he just throws him into a never-ending fall.
0: I like to think of the uh, the whale in mm. Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy that was uh, once uh, <laughs> just. <laughs> born into falling this,
1: you know this, this has a round sound Ooh, oh round big ground round you want to be my friend
0: bam yes and then yes like Petunia that you said oh not again yes <laughs> the pot of pot of petunias great great so i really do think there's so much material there the answer is absolutely yes i would love to have that conversation i'm just kind of waiting for something so
1: from right? I and mean, the next two books are the Feywild book. Wild And Strixhaven.
0: What's Strixhaven?
1: Strixhaven from MTG, where where they're introducing the new way to be a spellcaster, where there's subclasses that apply to multiple different classes. I hate it. Yes. No, I hate it too. But they are going to do it, so fuck you.
0: I guess we should get ready for a lot of Magic the Gathering-themed D&D content.
1: A lot of crossovers. A lot of crossovers
0: happening right now. I mean, if you gave me... The um, the environment from the Odyssey Saga and Magic the Gathering, where, you know, Kamal the Barbarian finds uh, Mirad, Mir- uh, Mirari the ball. Sure. So much cool stuff. So much cool stuff. And, like, the Odyssey Torment Judgment, I think, saga. Sure. So cool. Onslaught. And then other, all the, everything on it. So cool. So cool. cool. Um, or even old school Magic the Gathering. You know... Um, Dem- deminaria and the whole phyrexian plane phyrexia right it's phyrexia right sure did you play magic The gathering on his phyrexia my
1: god dude I, I i played magic The gathering like just sporadically there was not like a significant like
0: this is the thing that is happening i'm just gonna read you the first line of the mtg wiki okay go ahead phyrexia is an artificial plane of mechanical and biomechanical life in air quotes an ecosystem comprised of metal, death, and tissue. Okay. Well, yeah. Fucking sick. Sounds like the movie Virus
1: with Stephen Baldwin and Jamie Lee Curtis.
0: You the only thing you just said there that was good was Jamie Lee Curtis. Yes. yes. <laughs> That's the only thing. So like there's there's plenty of good MTG content, but I really feel like they're gonna We've already got the Eros and
1: Ravnica. We just don't ever like use it.
0: Uh, I do kinda want we talked about Ravnica, I do kinda wanna do some Ravnica stuff.
1: I, I think Theros is classic adventure. It'd be a fun time.
0: Yeah, Theros, Theros is D and D in Greece. So it's
1: it's like first edition D and D.
0: I think everybody's already done that on their own. Yes. Right. We've all we've all done that. Mm-hmm. We've all done Greek Greek shit in 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 D and D. So, um. Okay. So let's do a a, a season summary wrap up. How do we feel about season three?
1: My show? God, I don't. I think it was the constant speaking into the void that just. Yes. <laughs> it, it's draining. This season was draining. There were times that I was like, I don't want to do this. I'm dead.
0: Yeah. We, uh, you know, we are both vaccinated and rules say we could be together for this, but I think we, you know, we were just kind of wrapping it up this way. It's been done um, for so
1: long. It's weird to go back to the old way just for a couple episodes.
0: Yeah. Remotely. Cause you're still working at home half the time. I'm not at work right now. Mm-hmm. You know, like this is, this is fine. Yeah. But I agree, this you know, it's fine. been there you, I you know, I told you the first half of the season I was sad and then you were sad and then like, it was just
1: hard. I did hit a down point. I'm working my way back.
0: I I told I killed all of you in D&D. You did. I started a and d group with my coworkers that I 3 weeks in I was like I can't fucking do this. Like it was mentally very challenging you've to get through this You never
1: year. I don't think you've ever tpk'd us in fifth edition like you might have killed one or two of us at a time because something happened but that was the first time you've ever tpk'd us in fifth edition
0: yeah and it wasn't even pretty
1: no it was there was no glory to it
0: no there absolutely wasn't so it was this was a hard year it's we're recording this on wednesday june 23rd 2021 and I see sun on the horizon, and I think we're all gonna be okay. It's gonna be a bright, bright, bright sunshine Sunshine-y day. day. <laughs> uh, um, oh, I'm trying to remember the rest of how that song starts. Oh, boom, 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 I mean,
1: if you actually want me, I don't know. I don't know how much we can do legally.
0: Fuck legally. Yeah. Who cares? I can see I'm gonna fight. I'm gonna fight. Oh my god. You really right just
1: you really just want this all to end. You want it all to come crashing down. Just
0: just a little clip. I don't right I there. don't have the
1: money for this shenanigan.
0: Oh wait, who sings that song? Oh uh, fuck, I don't know. Um uh, that is Jimmy Cliff. Sure. If you say Jimmy Cliff can come for me. <laughs> Dude, the cliff estate is not one you want to fuck with. Jimmy Jimmy Cliff. Is he dead? I, I assume back. everyone's dead. No, it says he's alive. Holy shit. It says he this is how he's 76 years old. Okay, it's not even that old. Yeah, well, come for my podcast, motherfucker. Uh I think it was a good season, though. I think we had some really cool stuff. Yes. Did we do the class review in this season? No. No. Did we? No. Did we? Maybe? I literally have no idea what we talked
1: about. 2020's a total blur, dude.
0: Yeah. We've been talking about adventures we did. for the past. Maybe we did. I think we did settings. Like world
1: settings. We talked, like we talked settings. briefly about that.
0: And then we did classes.
1: Okay. And, and adventures.
0: And adventures. Okay. And books. Like we did Tasha's book.
1: Well, yeah, that came out. Oh, my God. That came out during this. And it feels so old already.
0: I, like I said, I barely remember talking about these fucking adventures, let alone anything we talked about this season. So, you know what, dear listener, I'm glad you're still here along for the ride, but we are going to take a break for summer. Yeah. Enjoy it. Get Uh, out there. We're going to sleep. We're going to, you know, you're going to have one less thing on your plate so you can do D&D and um, maybe we'll come up with some good shit for next year.
1: Indeed. 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 Books are going to be coming out. Left and right games will be out. Um, I'm sure something crazy. Normally around September October, they announce something really crazy. So we'll see. I think that might be the Strixhaven book.
0: Yeah, we'll probably come back, what, the beginning of september Yeah,
1: Yeah, around time school starts. Around
0: around then. Yeah, exactly. So uh, I think that's it. That's all I got. I think that's it. So um, make sure to subscribe and rate the show wherever you found it. Uh, You found it somewhere. Go there. Give us a good rating. You can still, over the summer, send us topics you want to hear about at rwdpodcast at gmail.com or send me a message slash tweet on Twitter or send us a message on Instagram. We know how to check these things. We're just really fucking bad at it. We're really bad at it. Um, Talking's hard. Talking. And as always, we will see you next season. Until then.